All right, now we're getting into our interview with Busy Phillips. Busy's an actress, writer, producer, director, and now a talk show host on E! She's also a wonderful Instagram storyer. She's written up in The New Yorker for her amazing Instagram stories. She's been in so many shows and TV shows and films that you guys, I'm sure, are familiar with. Freaks and Geeks, Dawson's Creek, Cougar Town, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, White Chicks, I Feel Pretty. She's currently the host of the late night show on E! Busy Tonight, which airs at 11 p.m., her memoir, This Will Only Hurt a Little, came out in October. And uh, we also are going to talk about her new campaign with Aerie, uh, in which Busy was named one of the Aerie Real Role Models. It was a really fun conversation, Julie. I feel like we really got into it with her. We talked about all sorts of things, uh, her TV career, a lot about the late night show, which was really interesting for both of us, and uh, her book, and as well as the campaign. So we're really excited for you guys to listen. Um, but we're so excited to have you here. Thank you. Um, I know it's like freezing cold outside in New York today. This is insane. It's like you really came at the, I mean, I'm sure you're in New York a lot, but this is a crazy time to be I, here. This it's is, like, no, this is the cold. I do travel to New York a lot for work, but I have been so lucky in all of my years. I've never been here for any of this. Like, this is truly wild how cold it is. And now I understand why people who live in climates that are freezing talk about it all the time. Cause this is like, you can't comprehend it. It really felt like this was one of the first days I feel like I can't, I just can't go outside. I don't know what no. I'm going to do. Like, do you know I, I post mated gloves to my <laughs> hotel because I didn't have any? I'm an eight minute walk and I almost Ubered here. I probably just should have. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I did that. Yeah. You don't need to be outside. Yeah. There's really no reason. Um, but yeah, Julie and I are both such big fans of the show. Thanks, and um, it's, I, I feel like we both are just kind of, as we've said, like just the feel of it, the vibe, yeah. the hanging outness of it, the song I love. Thank I mean, you. Thank you. Um, that was important to us. And I think the network thought we were insane, but that's okay. <laughs> they still probably do actually a little bit. What would you say just, I mean, not to be too like college essay about it, but have you learned just so far, like what have been like the biggest takeaways for you is just like getting into this, jumping in with your first time doing this kind of thing yeah. in the first couple of months. I would say more of the things that I'm learning are about being a boss and being mm. an executive producer and being in charge of people and figuring out how to deal with the things that occur when you have people yeah. on your staff, people's unhappiness, you know, with certain things or how you handle situations. It's, I am a pretty much like I, I know I seem like I'm like a very straightforward and strong person, but I, and I am, but I, I do not love confrontation. So like, I'm a little wimpy when it comes to like telling people yeah. what I need from them in a way, like if I'm not getting it, you know? Um, and I've always been a person because I've been an actor and whatever, who like, if they're, I just would do it myself. Like I'll just do it for myself, but I, that's not possible in this new role because I'm doing so There'd many no things. Way to do. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. And I'm doing so many things yeah. all day long. So I, it has to be delegated and I have to be able to, you know, figure out how to do that. It's been interesting. How's that process going? Because Tina's book touches on that so much. Did she give you any sort of advice going into that role or no? Yeah, she's been great. And, you know, to be totally honest with you, her role um, as executive producer on the show has been incredibly hands-on. She's also found herself, uh, you know, she's working on multiple different projects, but she's had a little bit of time to really devote to our show because uh, Kimmy Schmidt ended. And so the things that she's working on right now, she's more in the development stage. Um, so she watches 
everything. Uh, they have a feed to New York so we can run through things in rehearsal. She gets oh. the scripts and sends notes and joke pitches from New York. And she sends us segment ideas. She weighs in on like bits that we're going to do with upcoming guests, like what her vote is for those. You know, she's been incredibly, incredibly hands-on. And, and yeah, I mean, she's... You know, I have an amazing partner in my showrunner, Casey St. Ange, and so she's more well-versed in the workplace dynamics, having come from many, many, many years of experience on talk shows, both late night and daytime. And so I'm able to defer to them a bit and have them, you know, talk me through conversations that need to be had or what, you know, how, what the best way to handle situations are. Um, but it, the learning curve is so steep and it's been so fast because, you know, you're only given like a shot, you know, you're not, it's not like a guarantee. And we were picked up for our second cycle already, which is great, but you know, I'm well, I'm well aware, like more people could know about the show, more people could watch the show. And I try not to focus on that as much as I try to focus on continuing to evolve the show to make it the best version of the thing that I want it to be. And I feel like we're getting, I feel like my learning curve has been, like I said, really sharp um, in all ways. But I do think that the show has like, is like reaching a point right now where I, where I'm starting to really feel like we're in the groove. And that's after like 13 weeks of shows, you know. Like 52 shows. <laughs> right. Do you go back and watch your own interviews and your segments? I'm curious well, I'm how many edit- times. Yeah, I'm in the editing room. So because we tape, we're tape for that day. And we had initially talked about doing like a totally live show, which I think is valid and interesting and you know, we did the Golden Globes mm-hmm. after show live, which was so fun. And yeah. um the People's Choice live show was so fun. But I want to kind of get into different kinds of conversations with people. And sometimes you can't just like bang that out quickly live. Like you got to give people like a little bit of a chance to warm up and to get into it. I think that the opportunity to be able to edit is so valuable for this talk show just in that like... But by the way, I mean, Stephen Colbert edits their show. Like, you know, you get edited on almost all talk shows um, unless they're Watch What Happens Live, which is live. <laughs> um, but, but you know, you're not like talking to Terry Crews about toxic masculinity probably, you know, and like yeah. hoping to get like a deep answer and then try to get out of it in a way so that you're not feeling insensitive to the thing. So, so we taped the show at 2 p.m., After the show, the editors work for like an hour on their own and we have like the fastest, really amazing editing team led by a woman. Like, you know, most of my, like my director is a woman, my showrunner is a woman, all of my writers are women. We're like a 90% female staff, I believe. So we, Casey, myself, uh, one of the other producers, Nelson, man, uh, go into the edit bays and we just watch the show we watch the show back and then we make changes and like, you know, I have to be in there because there will be things that will have been taken out for time or whatever that I feel like have to be put back in or there will be things that like I catch maybe that the beginning of a joke has been cut out, but then like we call it back in the third act and so that doesn't track. Um, And the editors do an amazing job, but like you need to have all of those different eyes on it. And Tina Fey and Eric 
Gurian watch in New York and give their notes as well. So like once that's done, they deliver the show. I believe they have a hard out at 4.30 p.m. to deliver the show. Wow. It's a lot. And then we're done with that. And then I go upstairs and we start going through the next day's shows. Yeah. And what we're going to do. Wow, what a schedule. Are, do you like it? Is it thrilling or no? <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you have to build it from scratch every day. And we get in at eight in the morning. The The kids, the kids, my kids get in at eight in the morning and they start pulling jokes For and pu- night, yeah, yeah, pulling topics and start thinking about bits. But it's not just about pulling topics, you know, that are viral or things that people are talking about. It's also things that they think maybe I would be interested in because that is part of the whole deal is that it comes through the lens of me, Busy Phillips. So, or who, or if it's pertinent to like the guests that we're having on later or, you know, whatever. So they start pulling all the things and then I normally am working out and then then (laughs) I get there at like 8.45, between like 8.45 and 9 and at 9.15, we start running through the topics and we normally have everything picked by 9.30. And then the writers start banging out like essentially like a first draft of the script and I go into hair and makeup. When I get out, we run through the script with the assistants and then that's where like I rewrite it in my own voice. The writers are pretty good at capturing my voice. And a lot of what we do in that like morning meeting is there are two assistants that like take copious notes and basically like write down word for word what I say about the thing. So like sometimes what ends up in the script that the first script that I read is like almost verbatim what I've said in the morning meeting. It's wow. really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I know. It's so like then, having a sonographer. Like some, yeah, 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 kind yeah. of, yeah. because that's like part of the thing. Yeah, that's, getting your voice yeah. and your personality through. Exactly. Um, and so then we do that and then I go back into hair and makeup, decide what I'm going to wear for the day with Erica. And then I go into the teleprompter and I read through it. Um, And then we make more changes in the teleprompter, cut jokes or add jokes or like, I don't feel like this works or is this insensitive? We have multiple fact checks throughout the day, like where we get emails from um, one of the writer's assistants just saying like, by the way, I'm making it seem like it's this, like a big staff. It's like the same girl that does all of (laughs) it. She's amazing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) We have a very small staff. Like you go over, I'm going to Seth. Myers right now uh, when I leave you and I'm so excited. I love him. I've known yeah, him forever. Great. But um, like you go to Seth Myers or Fallon or Kimmel or like any of these places and it's like four floors of people working and like staffs of yeah. hundreds and our little scrappy show is like one tiny it feels like a dorm room floor in a building with like what feels like little dorms and yeah. we've got our two segment producers share an office, all of the uh, producing assistants and the writer assistant shares one office, all the writers share one office, the two executive producers share one office. I get my own office because I like yeah, demand it. to have that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cute. It's yeah. like a scrappy little operation. We pull it together every day. 
by the right. grace was, of God. Was there like, has there been a particular segment or episode even, I guess, that you were just like, this is firing on all cylinders tonight. Like this was the one or like when you think, is there like the, a highlight for you of the experience so far where you were like, you went home and you're like, you know what? That was like exactly what I want this show to be. Every Actually, night. my Josh Groban episode I, I, that I, just I, aired I, last, I, last, night. last night. Yeah. I thought that was great. I thought it was great. He was, I mean, you guys had such a good rapport. I yeah, felt. It was I really, really vibing. Him. I felt like you guys were honestly just like hanging out, having a drink. Like, you know, as I was saying at the beginning, it yeah. really felt that way. Yeah. He just kind of, we, I had never met him before. Oh, really? No. I assumed somehow that I you guys were like, buddies or no, like social media friends. Or I like, literally met him when he walked out. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I am really surprised about that. Yeah. For, for some reason, I just assumed. I don't know why. Because like, we just liked each yeah, other. Yeah, it just I seemed that way. Yeah. We seemed like we'd be friends. And then he told me at the break that, because um, I was saying like the music industry has like been killing so many of my friends careers mm. like they're just like we can't make a living it's yeah. so tough whatever and I was like you're in such a unique position obviously like what you do is so different is like thing, he's yeah. a huge superstar and he does those giant tours and like that's like if you're like in that world that's a different thing yeah. and not I didn't say this but like you know older people are always going to buy music it's a it's like an Adele thing kind right, of where exactly. it's just like he's they're in a good spot because it's like that can adult contempt I don't yeah, know what you call it, it but yeah I think that is what it's an adult called contemporary, right? I don't know. but um but then we realized that one of the friends I was talking about he's like oh my god I'm friends with him I was like what you guys are that's so <laughs> like my friend from indie rock like deep indie rock and it was like so random wow, that, that they were funny. friends. Also, I can't believe he's been on the Oprah show 10 times. It's insane. Or like, is that, is that, I don't know what the record is or if that's like a lot or a little, but that seemed like it's so many times. That's that was a lot. like 10 times on the Oprah show. That seems like a lot. Yeah. She was very supportive of him yeah. and his career. Um, but it seems weird that he's never been invited to Harvest Day. <laughs> yeah. Since he's been on the show for 10 times. Why Why has he not made it up there? Maybe my maybe my move, my new move, is to be friends with Josh Groban and, and I, get invited to Harvest Day through, through Josh, Josh Groban. Groban. Well, I was going to say. I have friends that are friends with Oprah. I'm good friends with Nate Burkus and Jeremiah Brent. And I they're at, in, yeah. I was at their wedding where that Oprah performed. You know, she yeah. did their wedding. Yeah. But that wasn't my moment to meet her. I didn't feel like that was the right time. This leads very well, though. We both were very excited to ask you about the Oprah phone call. I know oh, yeah, you've yeah, talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you've talked about it, and we watched. I rewatched it this morning. I think you did too, right? Did you Julie. cry? I, I did. So I forgot. I guess because I'd seen it when it aired in December, or whatever. But I forgot how emotional it is. It's it really crazy. is emotional. Like I was starting to feel like. I mean, it's just a lot. Like it's you, a lot. You, um, do you like? Have you rewatched the clip, or is it like too intense to watch it for you? Like I've you... seen, I've rewatched it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have seen it, and it like truly did make me cry when I watched it again. Yeah. And I wrote her a thank you note that I passed through her like chief of staff, who right. was the one that hooked up the phone call with my executive producer. And I mean, I would love to meet her, but I do think that one of the reasons why I just wanted to give her some context for all of it, which is that, you know, I know that she probably knows that she means so much to so many people in so many different ways. Um, but there's like a very specific generation of woman, myself, or maybe you too. Yeah, I don't know, no, me too. Where, um, <laughs> you know, we came home after school and like she was always there for us. And no matter what had happened in the day, there was this comforting presence of this person who was unwaveringly strong and was telling me things that no one else was telling mm -hmm. me and giving me information that I, you know, turned into things that I hold onto to this day as a grown woman. Also like you know, her showing 
that it's okay to be a strong woman who is in mm. control of their finances and their life and um, that strong female friendship, you know, with another woman who's in the same industry is like not only possible, but empowers both of them. It, it's like all of those things, like all of the things that people say to me now that they like about me. I'm like, well, I learned that f- by Oprah. watching Oprah. Yeah. Being open about health concerns, like women's health concerns when no one else would talk about those things. Like, you know, she's responsible for so much. And then beyond that, when I was writing my book, which is like an incredibly personal memoir that I struggled with a bit, like thinking about putting some of these stories into the world because there was a version where I didn't have to do that. I could have just written like funny anecdotes about Hollywood, which would have been enjoyable too, I'm sure for people. But I felt like contextually the, the wholeness of the story was important. Like a working title in my brain was always like, you don't get all this without the trauma. (laughs) And I think so, I think so frequently like people are quick to erase the trauma of their pasts when they find success Mm -hmm because they don't want to dwell on the past. But I, you know, anyway. And I remember watching Oprah's speech at the Golden Globes, like while I was in the process of editing my book. And she just said, speaking your truth and telling your story is the strongest tool that you have. That is what you can give to the world. And it was like in that moment where I was like, well, okay, that's right. This is the book that I'm putting into the world. So anyway, so I sent her that email. I didn't get a response. I can it only can ma- still happen. Oprah's inbox, I can't even imagine what, I mean. Yeah, currently I'm at like 600 emails right now <laughs> yeah. that I need to go through. So but like they're mostly insane. junk mail. Yeah. I love how your DNA is kind of on every aspect of your talk show. It feels so authentic to Thanks. you, even though I don't know you. Um, but do you do you keep a running kind of list of guests you want, people you want to reach out to to book on the show? Yeah, and it's that's one of the things that currently I'm having like a little bit of like a crisis with. It's just really difficult, the whole booking game and publicity and all of that, um, which you guys probably know to a, a certain a extent. A much lesser, but yeah, yeah same but, idea, yeah, yeah. You know, we have professional talent bookers that work for us and it's a whole process, you know, and like you're up against even when somebody is promoting a film, like you're, you know, you are up against it with, in terms of like what the publicists think. um, The 800 other outlets and things. And like, uh, and the other talk, especially like in late night, you know, there are certain talk shows that won't follow other shows. So it's like, well, she's going to be on Kimmel, you know, and somebody is in LA like doing press. So there's Kimmel and Conan is back and then me um, and Ellen and Ellen has follow rules too for some people. So it's like, you know, I'm at the very, very lowest. Oh, and now watch what happens live is in LA for a while. So I'm like at the very, very lowest of the totem pole in terms of a lot of people's priority for their clients. And then that's just like, even if it's people who I know personally and like we get a no back from their publicist or from their representation. Um, and then I text them and they're like, oh wait, I really want to do it. And I didn't even know about whatever, like, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's really frustrating and hard. And at the same time, like it's exhausting for me to keep sending texts to people because it feels gross. Like, 
I want it to be like a fun, nice experience for people. Well, I was about to say, I'm sure people would lo- like love coming on because everybody, like, everyone so who's fun. been on, like, there yeah, hasn't been like, one person I yet. I can't imagine anyone who would come on and be like, wow, this was a stressful, yeah, you know, like, like, I don't I'm know. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think, yeah. But, like, but historically speaking, doing press and doing talk shows is stressful and exhausting and like especially if you're a woman there's like the hair makeup wardrobe thing and like it's just it takes like a lot out of you so that was also like part of the reason why I wanted to try to make my environment as like cozy and nice as possible and as and the process as easy as possible for people and so far everyone who's been on the show has said that that is true we haven't had any negative feedback yet um not good Jesus. There's going to be someone. (laughs) was like, that girl was a bitch. Really? Um, Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to get. We're going to go back to, we hadn't been because we had so many other things that we were dealing with, but we're going to go back to doing like a big talent meeting, like weekly, just to get updates on things. Yeah. How did this fit in? You were talking in the beginning about just kind of the, I mean, these days are intense. Yeah. I mean, right now we're, in terms of if you want to do an acting role or if yeah. you want to do, even like with like, I know this sounds maybe weird to bring up into this, but like even your Instagram stories, which are like so amazing and yeah. everyone, and you know, it helped kind of even maybe tie into the sort of the show right. Genesis in some way. Like, do you feel like it's a lot to think about it all together or? Yeah. I mean, the acting is on hold just because there's no time. time you won't be able to no, like, yeah. I, there's no way I couldn't do, I couldn't even do a day on something. Yeah. I don't think. Although if The Good Place wanted me to do a guest spot on it, which I am trying to work right now by asking you them, should. like by begging them yeah, to we'll, put we'll me We'll put on. that out there. That the headline of the post, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but if they, if I could do like a guest spot on The Good Place, I would, I would gladly like make. Figure out. A, I would like work at midnight. I would do whatever <laughs> I had to do. Um, What's your dream? Wait, I want to go back to Good Place for a second. Do yeah. you have a dream character? Oh, I that's think a great question. Pitching? Well, you know, I am from Arizona, so I really relate to Eleanor. So I do feel like I could either be like a sister that she didn't know she had or I'm so like I'm already done, right? That's, That's it. so good. Yeah. That's so good. Or like one of her like trashy Arizona friends. Like either oh. one. I grew up in those strip malls. I know that girl. I feel like you... I, don't I know. am that girl. You, no. As you just said that, I'm just like seeing you in that universe. Yeah. It has to happen. It has to happen. We're fingers crossed. They go back into production like in the... Soon. I, I just February. watched your Kimmy Schmidt episode from this most recent oh, yeah. season, which I thought was so fun. I, what was that? I mean, that set seems like a wild, amazingly fun, just like crazy group of people. Is it? I mean, Carol Kane, I just can't even imagine Carol how crazy she amazing. must be like. I mean, because you have most of your stuff with her. Like, yeah. is that. That was really special for me to be able to work with her. Had you, did you have any like dynamic? Had you met her on just doing the show? No, or? just, I just met her doing the show, but um, I've obviously been such a huge yeah. fan of hers for my entire life. Oh, and like, legend, yeah. Yeah, she's a living legend. And to be able to do scenes with her was really the highlight, like the highlight of last year. It was just so incredible. But yeah, I'm so glad that I, uh, that they asked me to do a couple episodes and, and I just like loved Sheba, my character Sheba so much. She was so fun. I, I almost feel like if, I mean, it's a different thing than what the good place would be, but I could see Sheba working her way into like something. No. I know. I There's wish. Like the, the spinoff or something. 
I wonder if they're going to do a movie. They might do a movie. I saw that today. Yeah. They were talking about yeah. that there's like Tina's talking rumors about it. of it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think if they can figure it out, they will do it. What do you get when people come to you on the street or when you're at like a restaurant? And hopefully this doesn't happen to you too much where people interrupt your dinners and things. But what do people want to talk to you about the most of the, all the work you've done? I mean, people are very into the talk show right now and uh, my book has been like a huge thing which has been nice I'm happy to talk about my book with people and also the response from mostly women and some men about the book and what it what spoke to them about it or what they related to is exactly like echoing the Oprah thing which Mm -hmm. is like you know the value in sharing our story is you know to help others I guess so that's been really nice but like in terms of my acting work I would say that it's really split like it's wild it's not one thing interesting some people are huge Dawson's Creek fans I mean the the three that are the most it's Freaks and Geeks Dawson's Creek and White Chicks oh got it like almost without question no cougar, no cougar Town's not. I guess it's, it's like, like very rare that it's Cougar Town. Occasionally, I'm it's such Cougar, a, the Cougar Town diehard. I feel like I love Cougar yeah, Town too, that, but it's, it's it didn't have the same cult it's weird. maybe or something. Well, no, it, did, no, it did. Yeah, it really did. But I'm telling you, what's really strange is that that is not like that is like I get a smattering of Cougar Town, but what people like come up to me to talk about is probably and probably white chicks the most. That's so probably that's so interesting. Probably number one white chicks, probably number two freaks and geeks, and probably number three da- Dawson's. Um, Maybe Dawson's is tied with uh, Cougar Town a little bit. Interesting. Or people like like lead in with like freaks and geeks, and then like oh, and I also I loved <laughs> Cougar Town. <laughs> but it's like people hold. But the thing yeah. is like it, Cougar Town doesn't have the thing yet. Like people hold. Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks in this like nostalgic place, yeah. right? So like it's to them, it like yeah. means mm-hmm. something. And like I don't look at. Can you hear how stuffy I'm getting already? You guys, I'm so sorry. No, um, and and Cougar Town doesn't hold the same nostalgia for people yet. So like. I think that will come. That's but true. It's much more, it's more recent. It is it's, more yeah, recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people still think it's on. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> like, like people oh, like have no what's idea. The, like what's, yeah. yeah. Next when season, is the uh, next Cougar Town coming out? It's been off the air for four years. Do you hang out with Courtney and Chris? Are you guys the crew from Cougar you know Town at so all? You know what's so interesting? Thing, I love, like we, everybody's on good terms. Like I love yeah. everybody, but like, uh, I really see Krista Miller the most. Oh, got it. Um, and that's not that frequent, but I do, <laughs> but I see her the most. Um, I probably text with Josh Hopkins the most, uh. Josh and Krista. And, um, and like, I've seen court, I like have been in touch with Courtney a little bit and seen her, but like, I haven't, she lives so far away from me in LA. That's a real thing, guys. Yeah. You know, I know from real. when I visit and see Julia, yeah, it's like getting it's like, across. If you have a friend that lives in a different part of town, you you're don't. like, you're yeah. dead to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But we've been trying, I mean, that's, Courtney is a perfect example of the booking debacle. Like we've been literally trying to book her. And she has a new thing or something. Yeah. She, we've been literally trying to book her since my show premiered in, when did it premiere? October? October. Okay. So we've been trying to book her since my show premiered. I like know her publicist for a million years. They're like, yes, yes, yes. Like none of the dates have ever worked out. And like the other thing is I don't want to bump people. So it's like, I only have one guest per show and I I feel like it's very rude to, to bump people um, as an actor. Like there's no 
more terrible feeling than finding out that you And then you are see not, who like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It feels bad. Yeah. So like the dates have just never worked out for Courtney to come on the show. And I'm just like, now I'm, ex I'm exasperated. Mm. I actually said after I saw that she had done Ellen with Lisa, because we, we had tried to get Lisa and Courtney to do something together in November and like the dates didn't, whatever, work like it out, couldn't work yeah. for her. And ugh. anyway, after I saw that, I like resent an email that was like, can you just get it on the books? Like yeah. I'm sick of this. Yeah. And it's not my juggling act. Like it's the bookers juggling act and yeah. they're professionals and they're good at their jobs. But at the same time, I'm like a bitch who wants everything that I yeah. want when I want it. I'm a little Veruca Salt. And like, I just, you know, I'm like, yeah. why hasn't it happened? Why hasn't it happened? You, you and Courtney and Lisa would be so good. Not yeah. to like fan this more, but like yeah. that would be so fun. No, I know. I oh, thought so I too. Well, you know what we're going to get for you? Oh, I'm, we're going to get for you is if I'm going to like what? figure this out, but you get Jennifer too. So you get all three. Well, that was what we were trying yeah. to do initially. Oh boy. That's going to happen. Know. I feel it. I have a good feeling about Cut that. Cut to next week on Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just Jennifer. be like crying in a fucking corner. <laughs> but like, like it's hard not to get, like I don't come from, a, Terry Crews was on my show and he said this amazing thing where like you have to come from a place of creativity and not competition. Yeah. And I've been trying to really like meditate on that and actually that day when I went into work I was really feeling like that vibe of just like fuck everyone like I'm trying my hardest I'm making such a cute dope show that like I think is really great and like why can't people just support like, it figure, yeah. and like why can't like ah and uh and I and he said that thing and I was like he's right I, like I have to stop I can't look at it from like why because also like I don't have four floors of staff because I'm not on a major network. Work, right. It's like, a different. I'm cutting my teeth on a smaller scale and like we got to make this little scrappy show that we're making and I need to come from it from a purely creative standpoint. But it's so hard for me not to get competitive sometimes when, like with the bookings and stuff. Like, I, feel, I mean, I it's, asked my publicist. I like grilled her last week about <laughs> one of her clients. I was like, "What the fuck happened? Got Why it, did that not happen? That? I'm yeah. friends with that client, and you're my fucking publicist. <laughs> yeah. What happened? We, I almost want to give a mic, but we're not going to no. put you on the spot. She doesn't. Yeah, she's, she's like shaking. Like, she, I know. She's like, <laughs> no. no way. No way. Giving me, giving me the shake. But um, it's like a whole. It's a yeah, whole no, thing. I, Speaking of booking co-stars, did I make this up that Michelle Williams is going to be on? She's on the show. Yeah, we're taping it on Sunday. I'm so excited. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it What's it like having a friend that's such a good friend on your show? Well, I've had so many really good friends yeah. on the show so far. Um and those shows are great. They're really yeah. easy. <laughs> it's just like an easy it's an easy show the shows that I get more nervous about. I was nervous about Josh Groban because I like had never met him and that turned out great. Turned I was nervous amazing. about Patti LaBelle uh, and that yeah. was like the best show. Oh, I need to go back and watch. I don't, what? How did you, I miss the Patti LaBelle one? I don't know, but it's like I'm going to have to find it. Okay. Um, like I think I might be friends with her. I'm not kidding. She gave me her home phone number and I'm going to like yeah, I love the Julia Roberts one. The Julia Roberts one was amazing. Yeah, the, I was did you about you that. Kn you knew her a little, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, but she seemed really relaxed. I like was. I mean, I love Julia. Obviously, who doesn't love Julia? But she was so good. I thought she was down to like, uh, talk. She, she was yeah. down to like. Also, she was like, "This is I'm going to start crying." Like she was down to just like show up to support me. Oh, like yeah. she just was well aware of what her being on my show in those first few weeks would mean. Yeah. And so she like made it a priority to do it, which is 
makes me cry because even like the most, you know, outspoken feminists among the industry in the new era of um, Time's Up, you'd, you know, you'd be surprised. Like it's hard to book people on my show. Yeah. And that that's ep- all I'm saying. And that episode like made news and headlines everywhere. Yeah. It was like a great, I don't yeah. know. It, that stuff always helps. I feel like yeah. too, to just like, I don't know. I do feel a little bit like if I were <laughs> not on my side, but if I were like in the world doing press on the other side still, mm. and I knew that there was literally one woman that had a late <laughs> night talk show and I'm a woman working in this industry, I would make sure that I told my people like, yep, that I, I wanted want to, do that, to do that show. No, completely. And support that. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel that way. So maybe it's hard for me to not feel no. salty sometimes. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who was the most surprising person you heard from after debuting the show? Did you hear from like other late night hosts congratulating you? or They almost, advice? yeah, I think everyone reached out. I think they actually all of... <laughs> I think one person did not. Um, but everybody else, like uh, including Sam B, reached out. She sent cookies. Seth like sent me a bunch of stuff. I've been friends with Seth for a really long time. His brother is one of my closest friends in Los Angeles, Josh Myers. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've known Seth for a really long time and he's been great. Stephen Colbert and I know each other personally and I know his family. And so he also reached out, but also just like had great advice for me, like was truth, truly offered me great advice as did his, uh, showrunner. And I've known Conan for a long time. Conan produced a failed pilot that I did with Macaulay Culkin when I was like 25 years old for NBC called Foster Hall. I know. We played twin brothers, brother and sister would have been like genius. I like would, genius. Like, I, I can't believe that didn't happen. I know. I, and like, it's before the age of like, I, uh, there's no copies of it anywhere. I don't know where the fuck it exists. Like I would die to see it. That needs die to be aired. To see so, it. And that, like some Hulu or Netflix or one of them just needs to like get it up there. I want to book Macaulay on this show. I've been trying, but he's like rarely in LA, but I love, I love that he's like doing his bunny ears podcast. And like, yeah, he's such a, like, he's just his own person. And, if he gets on the show, we will somehow track down copy of that and we'll show some on the show if we can. Yeah. So, yeah. And Andy Richter is a good friend of mine in LA. So he was, he's been reaching out and stuff. I want to make sure we touch on the area campaign. Um, Please. That you're, I know, in I'm New so York excited. to be working on it. Yeah, yeah. It got a lot of press today. It um, really did. Yeah. Kind um, of blew up my Instagram too. Could nice. you talk a little bit about why this was an important one for you? Why you thought this was like something you wanted to get behind? And, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I remember seeing the first airy real role model billboards on Houston, leaving a soul cycle class with Mark like several years ago. (laughs) And they had these huge billboards on Houston and it's made very clear across the, they were like, no no airbrushing. And they were women of like all shapes and sizes and like very diverse selection, a very inclusive selection of women. And I remember like pointing it out to Mark. This was years ago. Like they started this in 2014. So, you know, probably was around that. And I, pointed it out to him. And I was like, how dope is that? How rad is that? We have two little girls. And like, you know, I think that part of changing the culture of all of it is like starts with, with mass media in that way. Like with big brands and corporations saying like, okay, how can we do better? And how can we, you know, perpetrate images that will be good for people to see like it's good for people to see stretch marks and cellulite and like and and also like all different kinds of bodies like not just two 
Yes. <laughs> Which is what like previously, like first it was just one type of body. And, and then, then like in the 90s, another, yeah. they were like, okay, we got to add one more type of body in. But then it was like, you, you're what, you're A or B. And if you're in between, like go fuck yourself. Um, but mm-hmm. so, so I loved the campaign always. And they reached out uh, like a few months ago. Oh, they asked me to do a paid post for them. Like, you know, like a paid Instagram post. And I was like, yes, I love Aerie. I like love what they stand for. And so I did that, which was super fun and easy. And like, I did like a funny thing where I make a point on my own social media to never use Facetune or like any of those apps to fix anything. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I actually do use it for one reason only. And that's to like, if I want to post a picture of my kids when they're wearing their school uniforms, I use it to patch the, where they go to school. Uh, I got it. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. blur it out or whatever. It so yeah, you yeah. can't see where they go to school. Which is good. Yeah. Right. That seems like yes, the right way to use to that. Doing, yeah. that's <laughs> As like opposed the to like yeah. face tuning my <laughs> yeah, 10 year old <laughs> daughter's face. No. Um, but so but I'm also like just not good at those apps because I don't use them and I don't know how to really do it. Um, and so I did for my airy post for them. I did too. I did the one that's like me, like unfiltered, like just me. And then I tried to use one of those apps and like make my waist smaller, my boobs bigger and oh, like yeah, yeah, amazing. mess with it. Yeah. And people, I mean, it is so funny. The second picture looks so insane. Like I made my waist so tiny, <laughs> like removed all my ribs. Um, and Ari really loved it. And yeah. so then they reached back out when they were going through uh, the role models um, and thinking about the women that they wanted to represent the, the brand for this year. And they asked if I would be interested. And it was just an immediate yes. Um, because I knew the women that had been involved previously, yeah, like yeah. Ali Reisman, who's returning, yeah. and um, Cleo Wade, who I am a huge fan amazing, of. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they told me some of the women that they were thinking of for this round. And I looked up a lot of, you know, I looked up who Molly Burke, I didn't know who she was. And I just think showcasing women of all different abilities and, you know, with so much inclusiveness and diversity is so important to put those messages out there in in advertising. And also magazines, you know, should be doing it. it, It's, well, I have a 15 year old cousin. She's, and then she is on Instagram all the time. And I'm curious what you say to your daughters, because it's so hard for me sometimes. She'll just like talk to me about like the stuff that goes on. And I'm like so happy I didn't have Instagram when I was her age because the stuff she sees or hears about, and it's like a mix of the body image stuff with the like social stuff of like seeing like what party you're not tagged in and that kind of thing. Like, how do you manage that? I mean, I mean, we're already, it's really, really hard. Yeah. And it's, and you know, I think that like part of it is like, I'm trying to lead by example with my kids um, in terms of my own social media presence and like the brands that I want to align myself with, like Aerie. I do think that there is something to be said for people stopping to do the face tuning and yeah, just don't do just it. Just please yeah. like stop it. Yeah. I do have to say, I do love a filter. Does that make me? <laughs> but I, no. I think okay. of a filter, I don't know why. I think of a like filter a as lighting. So, I think it fixes, yeah, exactly. I was about to say like nothing. It's just basically like wearing a different shirt or something. I feel I it. Know. Well, I think of a filter as lighting and like, yeah. because it like makes some colors pop or like you can vignette or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think it fixes. You're not changing reality to right. me. I, that's I, yeah. my belief too, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I've always, I don't know. There's I think, no filter on my airy photo. <laughs> <except> <laughs> I. 
This, oh, really? It's yeah, no, no filter It's at all. a no filter. Yeah. There's no filter. There's no airbrushing. There's no... And they gave me a choice of like which photos to post today on my Insta. And I purposefully chose the one where I'm in a bikini and you can like cut... You can see that like my butt looks dope. Like I'm very into my ass, but like it also has like you know, little bumps on it, like cellulite little divots or whatever. And I have stretch marks on my legs as so many people do. Um, and I chose that on purpose because yeah. I wanted to make sure that like I just was, put yeah. forth the message that it's like, this is a real woman's body. Do you have any, not to like dredge up anything, but like horror, not a horror story, but any experiences you've had where you posed for something or been in something and be like, what happened? A million. Yeah, I have a million. I've been doing this since I was 20, 19. Yes. So it just feels like it's a part of the whole. I mean, thing. they literally used to, every publication would airbrush off my moles. Like, like just get rid of them. Um, and my moles are such a defining part of my body. I write about this in my book. Yeah. I was that, that just chips away at your, at your self-worth self and yeah. your self-esteem when you, and like not, yeah. And, and to say nothing of the fact that it's not great for other people in the world consuming that, you know, looking at those pictures of me with my perfect porcelain, no, Mm -hmm. No mole skin, <laughs> uh, you know, in when I was like 20, 21, 22. When I first got Dawson's Creek, um, somebody that one of the, the, I don't know if it was like the network or the producers asked them to try to cover all of my moles with makeup. Like, which is like, that's just wild. What? Yeah. yeah. Wild. Uh. And I've certainly been, yeah, like my body has been changed. I've been airbrushed, like, you know, slight things, bigger things. It's tough. Like it's mm. tough. It's tough. But now I think... The we conversations start changing a little. The conversation has changed, especially like led by campaigns like what Ari is doing. But also I've felt empowered in the like the last five years of saying when I agree to do a magazine, when I agree to do a campaign, great. But we have approval. We yep. need to have approval over any retouching that is done. Ah. And they'll send That's me great. images and I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, no, my forehead looks ridiculous. I am a 39-year-old woman. Like, put the wrinkles back in, girl. Yeah. Like, that's so great. I yeah. feel like that's a really good think, way of approaching the, I mean, what you can do to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think more women in this business, especially, are realizing that they have the power to be able to do that in, in recent, like, the last five years. Yeah. Maybe 10. I don't know. But I've been, I know, I'm aware of it in the last five <laughs> years for myself. Um, the last thing we have to do, though... We have a colleague of ours, Lizzie. She's in our comms department. She is such a busy Phillips super fan. And I, she's on maternity leave right now. Oh. She has two, I want to say four-year-old twin boys. She just had a girl, Chloe. Oh. And I emailed her that you were going to be on. And she sent me like four, they're very specific okay. questions. I'm warning it. you. It's going to be rapid fire. I love it. But I feel like you're, they're, they're all. I'm excited. Okay, ready? Well, first yeah. of all, I want you to see, OMG, I'm dying busy, you guys, Aww. in caps. So many questions. Here's the first. Okay. Does she actually sleep in Mr. Nightgown or yes. is it more loungewear? Both. Both. So Mr. Nightgown originated as, I am, okay, I am the rare LA woman who gets dressed every single day in like an outfit from head <laughs> to toe. I do not believe in wearing your gym clothes everywhere. I wear my gym clothes to the gym. They're soaking wet. I come home, I shower and I put on a, a full, look. Even if you don't have like a thing. like Always. That, got it. 100%. I always am dressed. I like that. And, but, 
by 5 p.m. when you go home and you've got to like make your kids mac and cheese and do like whatever, finish, like help with homework and like you got to take off your clothes, right? Like yeah. I, I'm also, a, I'm also a girl that likes to be comfortable. Transition, yeah. So I would come home at like five, I, this started a, like a year and a half ago or whatever, with Ms., or two years ago with Mr. Nightgown. So I would come home from my day, I would take off my outfit and I would put on Mr. Nightgown. And my daughter, Cricket, is the one who started calling it Mr. Nightgown because... <laughs> It meant it signified to her that it was night, night and it was like time for to like wind down. And so, and I just thought it was so cute that she called him Mr. Nightgown. I mean, it's like, you know, whatever, like a $300 Natalie Martin dress <laughs> that, like, all by the way, if you go to LA, like in Malibu, like all the women wear those wear, dresses wear them, yeah. and they're like wearing them with like sandals uh, and like belts and like giant hats frog, and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but then, like, Mr. Nightgown is so cozy and comfortable that then I did start just, like, wearing it to bed because it was, like, so nice. Yeah, like, but it started off as, like, a cozy schmata. A loungewear. A loungewear vibe for me. But I really do sleep in it now. She also said, can you tell her I brought my Mr. Nightgown to the hospital to wear after having my baby and I got a lot of compliments on the ward. I can imagine you would. That's a perfect <laughs> maternity Vibe. And for those who haven't seen the show, Mr. Nightgown comes out at the end of every episode. Every episode. Um, so it's a trademark of sometimes the show. Sometimes my guests, sometimes my guests yes. wear Mr. Nightgown. I know. I like that when that yeah, happens. So nice. Um, does she, re- the question two from Lizzie, does she really do those elf on the shelf tableaus herself there next level? So for those who haven't seen on Busy's Instagram, it's like, uh, yeah. Put these, like, kind do you know, of I'm really careful to talk about this because oh, okay. my daughter, can, can, my cast. daughter consumes so much different types of media she that I'm involved hear this in. And we don't want to, I mean, Look, we, I don't, we can pass. the we can elves pass. do it. The elves do it. But the elves, uh, I love that answer. The elves. Yeah. And then this is like most essential of the four. Does she have time to come out to Jersey just to hang out? She has wine and tequila. Oh, and then I she wanted that. to show you that she has your her, your your busy's book is on Lizzie's bed next to the gorgeous <laughs> Chloe. Oh my God, Chloe. <laughs> and she said Chloe. So she cute. can't. She says because Chloe can't stop crying, she hasn't been able to start it yet, but she's about to. So. Oh, buddy. Um. So those, that was the, the, those, She tell her to listen to it on tape or listen to audio audio book. Uh, audiobooks have like changed my whole book consuming game. Because I read I my like own audiobook, obviously. That- I cry multiple times. <laughs> Guys, it's a real journey. I do people's voices. It's like a real journey listening to my audiobook. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. 100%. That's like the way to do it, I yeah. feel like. Um, well, Busy, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. This was so fun. Yeah, we this was loved great. chatting with you. And um, everyone, make sure, watch Busy's show, get the Please, book. Please check it out. Check it Listen, out. Listen, if it's not for you, you don't have to watch it again. But <laughs> I think it's really fun. And I'm proud of what we're doing yeah. over there. And by God, I'm the only one. No. <laughs> Until there's more, Until watch there's my more, show. Watch the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It was nice to meet you. That does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, give us five stars, all of that. It really helps and we appreciate it. And now you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail at 347-790-0966. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no, no bad, bad energy. energy.